You didn't see the waiver that when you talk about Disney, they own everything. everything. All right. I was going to say, Sam, all you're doing is inviting like some sort of cease and desist letter. So no, no, Disney, you take, <laughs> take, take their idea and throw it on Disney Plus. We don't need anything. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And on this week's episode, we are excited to bring you two of our listeners who live in Anaheim, actually right down the street from the Disneyland Resort. And with all of the news out of Disneyland over the last couple of weeks about Touch of Disney and the park potentially reopening toward the end of April, we thought it'd be fun to talk to some listeners who visited Disneyland recently during the opening of Downtown Disney and Buena Vista Street to hear how things are and their observations of how things are going over at Disneyland these days. So with that, I want to start by welcoming Kate and Chad to our show. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. So Chad, what's it like over at Downtown Disney and Buena Vista Street? What were the, the big things you noticed? Well, we were actually there last night and two nights ago. <laughs> uh, and there was even differences between those two nights. Wow. One of which is that the weekends are open or just Friday and Saturday is open an hour later. Okay. We, are, we went to dinner at Uva Bar with some friends on Thursday evening, and they made 7.30 reservations. And at 8 o'clock, it was last call. And at 9 o'clock, security was pushing everybody out. So that, wow. was, a little, that was a little bit different. Hadn't experienced that ever. There. Particularly considering you could order food right up until 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. So what was po- what's posted closing then? Is posted closing 8 or is posted closing 9? 8. Wow. So nine o'clock is an hour later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't make that 730 reservation. Yeah. yeah. So you basically need to be eating at like six at the latest. So our reservation for Buena Vista Street was 630 with a nine o'clock posted close. And that was more comfortable. That was way comfortable. What was yeah. it like in terms of crowd at uh, downtown Disney? Thursday, great. Friday, very busy. That... A good bonus tip for those of you who are coming is if you get to the security line and you're like, oh my gosh, there are a ton of people. We're going to miss our dining reservation because that was us last night. We only got there 20 minutes before our reservation. Find the person wearing the plaid. The, The plaid is your ticket to the front of the line if you can show them that you have a dining reservation. Oh, nice. So they'll bring you up to the front to get you in to make your reservation. We bypassed probably 500 people. Oh, my God. Wow. 500 people at security. That's a ton of people. Is it just... All socially distanced. Yeah. Well, how, okay, so which security line did you come in through? Did you come in on the one over by the Disneyland Hotel or the other side? We parked in the Simba lot. So it comes in between Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel. And the parking lot that is normally self-park for California Adventure there right behind what used to be the movie theater, is the overflow security screening line parking lot now. So in order to keep people socially distanced, that's what they've got going. Yep. And I assume much like at Disney World, it's temperature check in addition to security, that sort of thing. Temperature check in, COVID sniffing dog. I was going to say the dog, yeah. What? There's a COVID sniffing dog? I've never heard of that. His name's Odin. Odin, (laughs) as in Thor's father? Yes. And he's trained to detect (laughs) COVID? Yes, and I asked his name when we were there on Thursday. That <laughs> oh my is, god, I love I've that. I've never heard that. That is crazy. So I have I have heard that there are dogs that can smell certain kinds of like diseases and things like that, but I had not heard that there was a COVID 
trained one because obviously they would have had to have done that training within like the past year and a little bit. So that's amazing. It was not a thing initially when downtown Disney reopened. And then we had not been in quite a while until the last few weeks. I need a, okay. So if anyone from corporate Disney is listening to this podcast, which is probably a 0% (laughs) chance, I really want a Disney plus show on the COVID sniffing, sniffing dog. I need, I need to know training. Odin. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, (laughs) It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. We need a, we need like a behind the scenes, like an Imagineer episode about Odin. I would watch a show about they have all those dogs, the bomb sniffing dogs and like the park dogs. I would 100% watch a television show about Disney working dogs. Seriously, I agree. I think we we need to pitch that to Disney. They need to pay us some royalties for it. We just came up with that idea. The DCL duo plus Kate and Chad. Our idea. You didn't see the waiver that when you talk about Disney, they own everything. everything. Right. I was going to say, Sam, all you're doing is inviting like some sort of cease and desist letter. So no, no, Disney, you take, <laughs> take, take their idea and throw it on Disney Plus. We don't need anything. So, well, so I'm, I'm curious. Something you you said was that you know, okay on Thursday, crowded on Friday, crowded as compared to what? Could not not pre COVID. I take it. It was not. It was not as busy as pre-COVID, but it was crowded enough that the had we had to wait in the line. It probably would have been an hour. Is it free flow into Buena Vista right now, or do you have to have park tickets to get into Buena Vista Street? It's totally free flow, which is super duper weird. There aren't even cast members standing at the gate. Weird. You don't even go through the turnstiles. It's the when you exit at the end of the night and they just open them up in the floodgates. It's one gate in, one gate out, and nobody within fifty feet cast member wise. So the only gate you really have to go through or only check in you have to go through is when you're getting into downtown Disney. And then yeah. after that, you just walk right into California Adventure. And how far how far down, like how far into the, the California Adventure theme park are you getting? So you can get to like Blue Sky Cellar and like the entrance to new Marvel campus. And then on the uh, Hollywood backlot side, it's like just past Schmoozies. And right at Monsters Incorporated. And then um, it's just past the biplane on the smoke jumper side. So you can get just to right before you're coming up onto the Grand Californian back entrance. So that's that's a big part of the park. I mean, obviously, it's not there's no rides going, but that's a big part of the park. Yeah, it's a decent area. And like what's open or if they, I mean, I, I can envision what's down that street. A lot of shops, some food stands, a churro stand, a Starbucks. Is like Carthay Circle open? And have they added anything new on the street? I was shocked the Starbucks is closed. I really expected it to be open and available. Otherwise, most of the stuff on that whole main entry is open all the shopping and things like that they do all have lines to wait in to go in and shop at least on friday we didn't walk down into buena vista street on thursday and then most of the foods open so like the popcorn stands are open um award wieners is open but it's not selling its full menu it's selling more focused on corn dogs what else is open? We had a churro. The churro stands open. Smoke Jumpers is open. They've created another little food thing just past the end of the Carthay Circle building that's like a, a grab and go. And then they have tables in front of the waterfall right there for you to sit and enjoy your food. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to ask because you have to wear a mask when you go in, obviously. If you're not at a sit down restaurant, where can you where can you eat or what are, where are you allowed to eat? They've added a bunch of tables and a bunch of benches all around the circle 
Yeah, and they will yeah. stop you if you're trying to like eat walk and walk. And, yeah. They will be like, you need to sit down. And then Carthay Circle is available for outdoor seating. That that was what we went mainly to do is I was able to score a reservation for its Carthay Circle alfresco dining is what they're calling it. And they have expanded the little tiny outdoor patio that they had off the lounge pretty much onto the entire sidewalk. So in so in California Adventure, the only sit-down restaurant really is Carthay Circle then, right? Right now. Okay. And then in downtown Disney, what's, well, I know there's a ton of restaurants there. Are they all open or what, what does that look like? And are they doing mostly outdoor seating, indoor seating or a combination? What did you guys see? So indoor seating is still not allowed for us yet. Oh, okay. So it's all outdoors. It, pretty much everybody was open except for Splitsville. Yeah, Splitsville is is the only one that has remained closed, which is a bummer for us. I like their food. Yeah, yeah. we like their food too. The, actually, the last time, well, it wasn't our last trip to Disneyland, but the time before it was, it our, was last, our last, it was our last, last trip, trip with our son because then I, with yeah, Nathan, and we had yeah. such a great time, and he really wanted to bowl that I had for our next trip with him had had booked bowling at at Splitsville, and we and that was the trip we had to cancel. Yeah, yeah, one of one of several trips we had to cancel. <laughs> I wanted to to talk to you about what's happening in, I guess it's about a week from now, at least from the time that we're recording, which is a touch of Disney. What can you tell us about what you've heard uh, is happening? I've been, I'll be honest, I've been out of the loop, haven't been paying too much attention to it. The only thing I've heard is it's going to be something like a food and wine type festival. What what can you guys tell us? What have you, what have you been hearing? Something like a food and wine type festival, but more focus on like the Disney foods you've maybe been missing. One of the things they've been hyping is that there will be like a mini Monte Cristo sandwich option that starts on the 18th. California Adventure closes as an open to the public space like it is right now on the 15th. And so that gives them some time to transition over. I was kind of disappointed with the announcement, to be quite honest that Knott's Berry Farm, which is also super close to us, is and has been doing a food fair on and off for almost the entire time COVID's been happening when they're allowed to be open. And it's $45 and it includes five tastings. Then everything else is extra. So parking, pictures, anything else. Any kind of drinks. Yeah. So Disney's includes parking for every ticket you buy at $75. And it includes photo pass. And it includes a $25 gift card. And so for us, we live so close that we can walk. So the parking isn't a huge bonus. And, you know, for a family of six, you probably only take in one car. Right. Why do you need all... Why why isn't it that you have to buy like parking as an add-on and everybody's ticket could cost, I don't know, 50 bucks. And then one ticket, you add on a $25 or $30 parking. That that for me, I we would have bought tickets. If they were 50 bucks, I would have been online waiting that disclaimer at the time of this airing the queue is closed and they are not selling any more tickets but so it obviously i mean they don't need my money it worked out fine for them (laughs) good point but i i I was disappointed in how much it was and how little you were really getting like let's talk about how far 25 dollars goes at food and wine oh my gosh yeah yeah Two two things yeah you can get maybe one food item and one drink or two food items maybe two and a half if you get like one of the the smaller ones. 
Have you guys been over to Knott's? We have not. We bought tickets for December and then they we had to close again. Everything in California closed. Uh, but we have friends who've gone and had a great time. They're doing t- uh, Boysenberry Festival now. Oh, Just fun. started. Yeah. For this taste of, or this, what is it? Touch of Disney, whatever they're calling it. Is it going to be just California Adventure that's open, I presume, and not Disneyland Park? Yeah, that's the plan at the moment is it's all just DCA. We'll see. I, I don't know. I guess rumors or guesses is if the parks are able to open April 1st and Touch of Disney still going on, what are they going to do? Are they just going to open Disneyland at that point and let t- uh, Touch of Disney run out and then open DCA up? or? Especially they added two more weeks. So Touch of Disney is actually pretty long now. Oh, so it's supposed to go to like the middle of April now or that's the plan? Yep, that's the plan. I wonder how that will work out. I also wonder how that will work out because of the way that downtown Disney is open. So will there, I wonder if there will be, you know, sort of the lines at security to get to downtown Disney because you always have to go through downtown Disney to get into the park. Well, with the park, the parking structure has its own security. Oh. So if you're coming in for that, you're already clearing security over there, and then you're getting shuttled over on the yeah the, the, the tram stop oh. is now considered secure. Gotcha. Okay, so that's how they'll handle it. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about will that bring you know a ton more people to the same security part? Uh, you know, but sounds to some extent it will. Yeah, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we are even able to open on April first because we have to be in the red, which we're not yet. They're speculating we may be as of St. Patrick's Day, but that has to happen. And then so then Disney has to figure out recalling all those cast members who are either on furlough or laid off and retraining. And I mean, who knows how much of that they've still been running to keep operational versus haven't versus partitioning. And I don't know how far along they are in all of that. And so it. Who knows? Who knows when it will actually reopen? Yeah. So for our listeners, there was just an announcement that. Disneyland in general will be able to reopen or may be able to reopen as of April 1st. And so that's why we're talking about April 1st. And the speculation, I guess, is to what do we think is going to happen? Are they actually going to reopen on April 1st? And some of that, it sounds like, depends on the numbers. Yeah, that that legislation was that counties can have their amusement parks reopen once they hit the red tier which is a certain percentage of new cases and hospitalizations, I believe, is how they determine what tier we're in. So we should, based on current evidence, be there before April 1st. But then, yeah, we'll see. Because that allows Knott's and Universal and everybody really to come back as long as their county is, is in that red or below. I thought what was curious about all of this is just that it feels like it was not very well coordinated as between Touch of Disney and whatever was going on from a a state government perspective, because they've announced and sold tickets to Touch of Disney. And then the day after it all sold out, there was the announcement that the parks could be reopening as early as April 1st, depending on the numbers. Man, if I had bought a Touch of Disney ticket, I'm not sure I'd be too excited to have just paid $75 to get in if I could, you know, if the park might itself be reopened at that point. I literally, the announcement came down in the news and I'm like, I'm even more glad we didn't buy tickets. (laughs) Where they're at, the requirement is they'll only be able to have 15% capacity in the red tier. So that's incredibly low. 
it only will be available to California residents for the time being. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm curious, did you guys see any evidence of them moving forward with the new DVC tower over at the Disneyland Hotel in the times you visited? We have not. We live close enough that we go by there pretty regularly. And it doesn't look like anything's happened, which I think is kind of a bummer. They really need more rooms on this coast. Absolutely. Well, there was talk about turning Frontier Tower into a DVC tower. Oh, instead. Instead. Because it'd be cheaper. Oh, gosh. I really hope they don't do that. (laughs) I hope they don't either. (laughs) I can't imagine, or the speculation has been, there's no reason for them not to proceed with building the new tower at Disneyland Resort because it's likely to sell out before it even goes. Like, there's enough demand already for points there. Yep. Then oh, it'll totally. sell out no problem. Whereas reflections, you know, make sense to pull the plug on it because they're already still trying to sell out Copper Creek and Riviera, like to put another hotel into the system. Just didn't and Alani put another hotel in the system, but just even to put another hotel in the system on the Disney World Resort is is going to be tough right now. So yeah. Well, any uh, obser- other observations you have about your recent visits to Disneyland or what's uh, what's on the horizon? Were you guys pass holders before? We are now pass holders. <laughs> uh, 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 I love, I love it. that. We had, That's I a better heard brand that. than legacy, legacy pass holders for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I was pretty upset when that happened. Not going to lie. We've had passes for a really long time. I hope that whatever they come up with as an alternative is worthy. Though I have also been the person who's been saying for years that the monthly payment program should have been like a a one-time promotion that as soon as you turned it off or missed a payment, you were out. Because it 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 does make it it's too busy. There was no downtime anymore. Yeah, there was never times to go where there weren't throngs of people in the evenings. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting that they might come up with some kind of pass holder system that operates like DBC points where you have to you know, you get like sort of an allocation of days or points and it based on how busy the parks are, right? So a normal Tuesday, you won't cost you that much to go. You can go, but you might not be able to get in, you know, Christmas day or something like that. I I have no inside knowledge as to whether or not it will work this way. I just think that the way that they've done it with the cost of tickets being tied to the days, uh, particular days in Disney World, wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that. At the end, we had flex passports. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Like, honestly, for us, I don't need to go the week of Christmas. Like, it is super magical, but it is so busy. And so... The same magic has been set up since October. This is true. And we live so close that it's not a big deal if we can't go on a specific day, you know, that we we aren't spending tons of money and hotel rooms and vacation time to be there. So for us, the Flex Passport was a really good option. So hopefully they'll do something like that. My, my fear is they're really going to price the people who are, you know, good pass holders. I know that the cast members call pass holders terrible things. <laughs> but that I, I hope they don't price all of their like dedicated audience out, you know, because for us, there's no way that we could afford day tickets you know, one day a week, 50 weeks out of the year. Yeah, I, I so I think it's going to be something much more like, so I, I hear you, Sam, on the point system. I think it's way too complicated. I no, think, I agree. Yeah, it's I very think, complicated. Think, I'm not sure how they administer it. I just think it's, that would might be the 
the fairest. I'm putting that in I, I quotations. Don't think, so air honestly, quotes. I don't think Disney cares about being fair. I think they care about limiting the number of locals into the park at any one time. And so I have a feeling it is going to be this like tiered price structure like we saw before. But what's going to happen is at lower tiers, you have fewer days you can use the pass, less flexibility on how you can use it. And, and you have to make the reservations, right? And so what's going to happen is the most expensive option, you'll have the most availability to get into the park. You'll be able to pop in and out for an afternoon or a morning if that's what you want to do. And you'll be able, you'll have a much longer booking window for times in the park. Whereas the less expensive passes, it may be you got to book a whole day reservation. You know, you only have a 30 day booking window or a 60 day booking window. And maybe you can only have, you know, one reservation at a time or something like that. So it's, I think that's how they'll control it. I think they'll just they'll they'll just tear it out by price and you'll get more flexibility, more options, more, you know, more availability the further up the tier you go. Well, one of the things they've talked about adding on is maybe having like a twilight pass that your pass is only good after 4 p.m., um, which for some people, that might be a great option. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's a, there are a lot of locals who go just to downtown Disney for an evening. And so if they are, or, or go, you know, on the weekend, they might only pop into the park in the afternoon anyway. So that later pass might not be a, such a, you know, such a bad idea. They're also talking about bringing blackout day tickets back. Yeah, that's uh, what I specific think. Specific passes, which is, is an interesting concept. I don't know. I, I don't think they know, really. I mean, they've sent so many different surveys to so many different people. Neither of us got one. What's a, so for those not familiar, what's a blackout day ticket? Is that where you might have a blackout day on your pass, but the ability to purchase a reduced price ticket into the park if you want to go on the blackout day? Yeah. Correct. So you used to be able to do that like 10 years ago. That it was it was like fifty or seventy five dollars to buy like a half rate yeah to and it like unlocked your pass for that day but you I did literally have a paper ticket that you had to use to get in and then they discontinued those because they were trying to limit the amount of people in the park and they found people just doing it all the time buying the cheaper pass and then consistently buying blackout day tickets which really isn't all that great of a deal but. So they did away with them entirely. Yeah, I think if they do that, there probably won't be any kind of, well, it might, there might be a discount, but it's not going to be like a 50% ticket, right? It'll be maybe you right. get a 10%. If you want to buy a day pass for one of your blackout dates, you get 10% off or, you know, something, some smaller discount. Well, they're talking about it'll be a limited number too, that depending. So if you have a higher pass, maybe you get four a year versus the lower pass, maybe you get two. And then like the lowest pass, you don't get any. I just hope we see a better DVC discount. That's all I'm asking for. Like something, something a little bit better than 20 bucks <laughs> off the pass. Cause that gets me a churro. <laughs> yep. On the West yeah, coast. We yeah. Get it's terrible. Uh, it is absolutely terrible on that note. So I, I, I did have one other question, which is, you know, if the parks open up on uh, April 1st, Chad, are you going to go stand in line to get in or are you going to, you going to wait? <laughs> uh, I'll be waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to go, but I think it's maybe going to be. I think disaster. it's going to be pandemonium. Yeah. yeah, we we have so many just ultra, ultra Disney, you know, fanatics around here. Um, you the have the guy that. who like has has ridden Cars Land like over four thousand times, and he like counts every time. Or like, there's some guy who's been like every day for like five years in a row. 
He must be retired. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think he is. And he doesn't go all day. But right. That, like people, all the cast members know him. Like people know him. He's there all the time. That's like the, that's like the person who had like the running streak and they ran even when they had the flu or something. And I look at that and I'm just like, why? Like, 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 like why? Yeah, exactly. Like, like every mornings I'm perfectly healthy and I don't want to go for a run. You have the flu. Stay in bed. And his response would be, why not? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I do hope the parks have a path to reopening safely. I'll just say that much. I, you know, I'm not looking for them to barrel open uh, when it's not safe, but I do hope they have a path to reopen safely because it's been a bummer that Disneyland's been closed throughout its entire anniversary year. It's coming up on it. Yeah. And one thing to add to that, Brian, is that, you know, I was just reading an article the other day that was talking about the numbers in Florida. And I use that as a comparison because that's where Disney World is, right? And they have been able to safely reopen and have been open for a long time now. And the scientists are saying that Disney World is not where new cases are coming out of. It's not interactions in the parks that are causing Florida uh, to have new cases of COVID. It's people, you know, hanging out with their friends and doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. That's a good question for Kate and Chad when we didn't ask, which was just what was uh, what was compliance like with masking and enforcement like? Did you did you feel like it was up in the 99% compliance range or what, what, what did you observe? I think closer to 95. There were a few people who weren't wearing their masks appropriately, but shockingly few. Um, and I mean, there are some places in Orange County where there, it, that isn't as true. So it was nice to see the majority of people. I'd say Disney as guidelines. overall whole though, does a good job of trying to maintain that. Well, I guess we, I guess it was Thursday night. There's a family walking oh, and, and eating. eating and cast members, you know, politely, of course, in a Disney way, asked them to, to stop and finish their snacks before they carried on and made sure that their masks were on properly and stuff like that. But I mean, last night, I think we saw maybe two or three people not really wearing masks, quote unquote, properly. Right. So like their noses weren't covered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's the typical. I feel like that you see that in the grocery store or wherever. Um, yeah, that's the typical way that people are. Wearing a mask, but not wearing a mask, right? Totally. It's not if you're not going to do it right. I mean, you might as well just not. It's been a year, people. You put it over your nose, okay? <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> I when we can I ask one question about masks uh, to piggyback on that? I I know at Disney World they weren't allowing gaiters; they were only allowing regular, you know, mask shape. That's the it's, same it's here. It's the same here. No gaiters, no masks with and vents. That's a Disney. Global, pretty a, much. A yeah. Disney, as a company-wide mandate, I just got done doing an event for Disney Pictures, and some of the crew had the gators on, and they made them put other masks, gave them other masks to wear. That's just not a not a company thing. What about in the restaurants? There was some news last week that Disney was going to start enforcing a requirement that you continue to wear the mask even after you're seated unless you're eating. And that created some predictable uproar in the Twitter sphere. Um, I was curious, since you were dining at Disney, did you see them requiring you to continue to wear the mask while you were seated? Not at all. It was not our experience last night. We sat down at our table last night and both took our masks off and our server did not say anything on the table that was behind us the lady that was talking to the other server the whole time and yeah i didn't witness that being a thing at all i will say sam to piggyback on you talking about that article though i think the one big difference between disney world and disneyland as far as covid safety is space yeah that's true think of all the lines like we were talking about this last night like what rides won't be able to reopen 
And it's like storybook land canal boats, both that line, you are so close to your neighbors that you better be friends. And there's no good way to seat people in those with partitions because you're staring across the boat at each other. You're absolutely right. And Fantasyland in general is so crowded at Disneyland as compared to Disney World. So I, I think you're absolutely right. There are big differences just with the layout and the space available. You can spread out people at Disney World between four different parks. Disneyland, you've only got two and in a much smaller footprint. Yeah. And the queues here are just not set up for social distancing. A lot of them switch back. So I think that's probably going to be their biggest challenge to reopening is figuring out where to put people. The selfish part of me totally wants to go right when they reopen because it'll be so empty. I know, right? You'll be able to get on every ride really quickly. I mean, that's what people's experience with Disney World was, right? When they first reopened, everyone was saying how... I mean, even, even now, I think they're still having really short wait times for things like flight of passage that people would wait, you know, two hours or more in pre COVID times. So I get that. I get that, you know, people want to get back to the park. Want to be interesting because unlike, so Disney world still has a pass holder community uh, because they aren't, they aren't issuing new passes, but they're allowing anyone who had a pass to renew. And so there's some amount of the reservations that are getting taken up by the annual pass holders and not the day ticket holders, but Disneyland will have no pass holders. So everyone will have to purchase a ticket in addition to making some sort of park reservation, which I think will really help them keep to the 15% because I'm just not sure there are going to be people who want to pay day ticket prices for and admission to Disneyland Park alone, right? So, And initially, you have to be California residents, so that, you know, s- shortens that pool even further. But there's plenty of people in California oh, yeah. who are Disney-obsessed, and, you know, they, they it, it live in San Diego County and Orange County and L.A. County or even, you know, further north. Uh, even and they want to get to and Disneyland. there is one group of uh, remaining pass holders I should mention which is the club 33 members they still have they still have ticket benefits so <laughs> yeah all right well thank you Kate and Chad for sharing all of your observations and uh, if you do make it over on April 1st let us know we well assuming the park even opens then but <laughs> if, you, if you head back to the parks after they reopen we'd love to hear more because uh, we are missing the tears dribbling down my cheek as it is that uh, we don't have our passes anymore and we're not able to visit Disneyland right now. So we'd love to hear from you if you do visit. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, yeah, guys. No problem. Well, we will be sure to have Kate and Chad back on if they do make it over to Disneyland after it reopens. I know Sam and I are really missing being able to go to that park. It was our kind of weekend getaway with our son. We'd fly down there for long weekends and spend time at Disneyland, and we are really missing it right now. I think we're missing travel in general, cruising most of all, but our trips to Disneyland were a lot of fun, and we always loved visiting the resort. So we miss it a lot. It's been sad that it's been closed throughout its 65th anniversary, and we're really looking forward to seeing what happens after it reopens. It's fingers crossed that it's safe and fun and that everyone gets back into enjoying the park safely. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews, especially those five-star written reviews. They are really, really helpful in surfacing our podcast to people who might be looking for content like ours around Disney Cruise Line and other Disney topics. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at DC dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. 
Or you can join our DCL Duo Vlog and Podcast Facebook group if you'd like to be a part of a conversation with like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. The DCL Duo Podcast and Vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Thank you.